Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Coming to you live this morning from the Mushroom Kingdom, WKBAG Studios, Wario K. Rule, Bowser, and Ruskin, and this is Video Games, a comedy show. I am your host, Jeremy Schmidt, and today is, well, it's one of those very special episodes, believe it or not. It's an episode that happens about once a year at this point, thanks to the lovely folks over at Capcom. They make these games called Resident Evils, and these Resident Evil games have been annually coming out, and when they do, well, I gotta get our patented Resident Evil sexpert on the show to help us d- to talk about, decipher through, um, and uh, give first impressions on the latest Resident Evil game. Resident Evil Village just released, so of course, you know I had to do it to him. Please welcome to the show, Michael McCaller. Last year, when we talked about Resident Evil 3, I was a Resident Evil expert. This year, after the introduction of the vampire lady, boy, am I a sexpert. <laughs> she thinks she missed the train to Mars. She's out back counting stars. Big vampire lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, I kind of feel like, and we'll get into this, but Resident Evil has always been, I would say a six or seven on the horny scale like not high but recently i feel like we're in the eight and nine sure we got we kicked it up the horny tree a bit it does feel like this has been a series that the fans have brought the horniness to yeah the authors don't like i would say the resident evil games are very chaste oh yeah Mm -hmm. and then the fans are just like they're just like full on. I almost subscribed to a Patreon because they were drawing sexy Leon and Claire's <laughs> this week. It came across my Twitter title. I was like, yeah, I'd pay money for that. That's yeah, great. Yeah, of course I would support this business. I support local artists. I do. I support businesses horny and local artists. local artists. Yeah. That, I mean, if you're not horny, you're probably not a local artist. I mean, I'm just <laughs> going to put it that way. I think that, um, you know, I, there's something very virginal about the series, to be honest. Although it will take little dips into the horny category with like, you know, Jill's outfit, for example, in yeah. three. But I don't know. For the most part, it's just like it just feels like a uh it just feels like like you said, a very chaste series, with the exception of 
maybe a few games, maybe some of the fans, and definitely this game feels like we've we've entered into a... Uh, and I can't even tell if they accidentally did it. You know what I mean? Like, or did they have a team of, like, researchers, like, what it do, does big, tall lady mean is that gonna do us is that gonna make us huge freaking dollars it's either a a complete accidental stumble or they've got the best pr team in the world it does feel like they captured lightning in a sexy bottle and have like been been able to sell it back to us i'm so proud of them for like (laughs) owning their sexuality for seemingly the first time in this series it really feels like um whatever the opposite of kink shaming is where you're like, yeah, yeah. You're just totally embracing letting your freak flag fly. So to speak, um, we're going to get into a bunch of, uh, other, uh, news and, and, and we're going to obviously McCaller and I are going to talk about, uh, the first, I would say I, I, when I turned off the game today to start this episode, I was, I'm 40% of the way done. And that's my progress. Hmm. It tells you on PS five, like, and I don't know, what that's pulling from. I don't know if that was 40% of, of the trophies I've gotten or 40% of the game I've finished, but I, I feel like I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a really good point to talk about this game, but so there will be light spoilers for the beginning, no spoilers for the middle through the end. And I might even leave some key things out just because I feel like it might be better to experience those if you, you know, if you haven't had a chance to, but we will talk about things that, cause some things that we've seen and some gameplay aspects and some ways we feel about the game. Uh, I mean, does that, how does that sound for you? That sounds close to me. I, I do feel like everything I've gotten to in the game has been shown in trailers and marketing material yeah, so far. Yes. I feel like I just am tiptoeing into like, what appears to be a vast reservoir of stuff they completely hid mm-hmm. that I had no idea was coming that I'm very excited about. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm interested to hear sort of what, what the tease is for that is. Um, but first, uh, there's a little bit of housekeeping I wanted to get done before we got into the meat and potatoes of the show and started having fun. Um, Last week we had uh, a, an amazing episode. It was it was uh, guest hosted by uh, Nick Costanza, and uh, we had uh, two uh, lo- lovely women on the show, Paige Elson and Allie Jennings. They were great. The episode was great. It was really fun. It was really stupid. I I was on vacation, so I was able, but I was I was able to like watch the stream, some of the stream from where I was, just to check in, and it seemed like it was going swimmingly. So. I, I felt I could relax and turn turn off Twitch and 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 enjoy my little camping trip, um, but yeah, this is in regards to uh, to the fans of our show. This is directly to you. I'm speaking to you, the fans, the audience of Video Games and Comedy Show, uh, those whom I love and ultimately trust. Uh, I, I I appreciate feedback. Like uh, as as a show, we do appreciate feedback, and we've gotten all kinds of feedback over the years. Everything from, "Hey, you know, when you talked about this topic, I felt like it was done in, a little insensitively," to, uh, "Hey, the audio is all fucked up on this episode, and you got to fix it." Stat, you know, feedback is good; it helps us grow. Um, there has been a recurring, like uh, I would, I want to call it small faction of the people who listen to our show who seem like they don't really seem to get it. They don't really seem to understand exactly 
uh, maybe what kind of feedback is helpful and what kind of uh, feedback is not so helpful. Um, if you find yourself listening to an episode and you want to complain about only the women on the episode, maybe you want to look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> and, uh, and, and ask the hard question, should I even bother doing this? Uh, I'll tell you that from our point of view, um, we love the people that we have on the show. We uh, will rep- uh, res- uh, we respect them and we'll defend them at all costs <laughs> from any of the nasty and terrible things that might get said about them on the internet. So, um, you know, probably save yourself the trouble and don't be that person. Like, don't go out of your way to comment about your feelings about only the female <laughs> guests on a podcast, maybe ever. As somebody who, uh, you know, edited and produced a very successful and popular podcast for another network um, that had a female host, um, almost every week we would have people commenting about how much they did dislike the female host only on the show. And I got to say, in no form is that ever taken seriously by anybody who's ever reading and responding. No one ever is going to read your comment about how you didn't like the vocal fry on the female uh, talent and, uh, and respond with anything other than, please think before you do this, uh, and, and maybe even uh, getting blocked or deleted. The two times we ever get hate on this show are when we have women on the show or when we talk about anything political. I don't know why that is. I don't know what I've, if we've done something to trick people into thinking we're some sort of right-leaning anti-women show. But from the get-go, I think we've been very vocal about how where we stand politically. We are definitely anti-Trump, anti-cop. We uh, like, as, you know, like uh, basically most of us on this show are consider themselves to be socialists. We. Uh, we we love we love all people. We support the BLM movement. I mean, it's just like it's kind of ridiculous that at, at this point in the show, which feels like you know now we're you know three years in, four years into doing this show, that it it is something that has to be said. But uh, I felt passionate about it based on some Twitter feedback we got that we had to address. That I wanted to make sure and say that on the show, like, hey, like, look, I want to see these numbers drop. Okay, let's let's get them down. If you feel like you are this person and you are listening to this show and and hey, maybe this show is not for you. Goodbye. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, But you are you are correct. This show is not for you. If you feel like um, our political leanings or the way that we um, or the types of guests that we have on the show uh, rub you the wrong way. McCaller, you've been with us since the beginning. Mm hmm. You know, we uh, we pretty much love and accept everybody. This is a comedy show, so we're all we're always riffing and joking around and 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 you know having fun in this space. But at the end of the day, like we're not dumb to the the notion that gaming culture can be very toxic and hellacious and nightmarish on the internet. Um, you know, I think at one point I had to make a choice, like knowing that coming into this space, like. I like this stuff so much anyways, I'm going to continue pursuing a podcast <laughs> about video games, you know? Um, and we're just going to do our best to like keep moving forward, even though, you know, 
a lot of uh, gamers, unfortunately, and as as the you know, and in a cliche way, can be very uh, mean and toxic to people of color and women. So yeah, I I think like uh, we make the choice to keep going. Have you ever experienced anything like like this on the internet? Just like people at, when you're Twitch streaming or anything like coming negatively for you, coming for you negatively at all? No, but I know that I'm in a very privileged position to not have to deal with that. Right. Uh, somehow I have uh, missed out on anything that would get that kind of unfair uh, toxicity yeah. hurled at me. Um, I think it's really great that you're saying something. I think it's really great that you're like very clear. This is what this show is. Yeah. And I love the idea of seeing the numbers drop. I love yeah. to see the folks who are angry about this leaving. I, I can't tell you how many podcasts I've abandoned because the hosts were not for me. Yeah. Or because they made me angry. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> like, I don't know what it is specifically yeah. about video game culture that it does feel like it attracts a very angry, hateful. I, I hope minority i feel like it's a small yes. vocal minority that is yeah. uh doing this but it does attract that and that is part of it and i don't know i feel really comfortable ignoring that i feel like i'm very lucky to be able to ignore that yes but uh yeah let's not ignore it let's call it what it is it's hateful and uh get the hell out of here yeah absolutely you know and, and ignoring it see the thing is is when it's an attack against me it's ignore city that I mean, I don't I do not care if you come for me and by by golly, people do mm -hmm. all the time and come for me often deservedly <laughs> and often it is. I did bring it on myself and uh, and it's been happening since the since I began podcasting. I started the, my podcasting journey way back in the day with a show called The Twilight Zone Zone. And that was a successful podcast right away. Somehow I got very lucky. Mm -hmm. But with, with that came almost immediately uh surges of uh people feeling like hey maybe this guy wants to know what i think about his hosting skills you know what i mean like um and so i've been dealing with this for years but i'm all, like you i'm also in a very privileged position where the worst it ever really gets is just you know uh somebody attacking my mental health or whatever but you know like when it happens to a guest specifically women who come on the show you know I don't want to run a podcast where women come on our show and then immediately feel unsafe afterwards because they're being attacked on the internet by, right. by, by people. So, you know, we, we do our best to crush it. This will probably be the only time I ever really speak out ab about it. You know, um, hopefully it, it, it doesn't become a recurring issue. And we've had lots of women on the show who have never, you know, where, where we've only had positive feedback come from it. But uh, for the most part, yeah. If you look at our pod, uh, our Apple Podcast like reviews or you know comments like uh, on Twitter when we post about episodes, pretty much the only negativity you'll ever see it revolves around, of course, uh, having women on the show or saying anything about anything politically. So, with that being said, enough about that because that honestly. All of that aside, we're he we are here to talk about video games. Like mm -hmm. that is the the point of this show, a safe space for people to talk about video games and have a good time doing it, mm -hmm. and not and, hurt each other while we do it, and not hurt each other while we do it. In fact, build each other up while we do it would ultimately be great. Um, <laughs> sometimes me and July <laughs> miss that miss that Bridge mark too far a lot. for yeah, you yeah. in July specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, let's get on with the rest of the show. Michael McCaller, I gotta hear from the horse's mouth. What has the horse been playing? Resident Evil Village, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Uh, what a great game. It's the reason I uh, was so devoted to finding a PlayStation 5. This was my deadline. I yep. passed it. I knew I had to play this game on PlayStation 5. I'm glad I'm doing it. It looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked by the way it looks as I'm walking around. Um, yeah. I have to wear glasses. Like I, I, My vision is like just bad enough that like I'm on the line between needing glasses and not. This game has made me realize how much I fucking hate my glasses because I feel guilty if I'm playing it with just my regular bad, dumb eyes because uh-huh. it looks a little blurry and I'll put on my glasses and they're always kind of smudged. Mm. I don't know how you do it, Jeremy. Mm. Glasses- it's a it's a big deal. It, it's like it's like my glasses are always smudged. They're always foggy. And you're just used to it. No, I, I'm not used to it. I hate it. I, I'm always like. I started carrying little microfiber cloths with me to just to be able to clean them throughout the day because, you know, sometimes, you know, McCaller and I have to work outside and when that happens, glasses get just fucked up. They just get fucked up. Going in I, and out of porter potties, your glasses get wrecked. Because you keep dropping them in. In the blue, yeah. In the blue. <laughs> uh, what, I'm, I'm having a great time with it, Jeremy. What are, what are, you, what are you playing? Well, I mean, we're going to talk all about Resident Evil Village here in a minute. So I guess I feel like I'm not going to really talk about that right now, even though that is what I've been playing nonstop for the past two days. I mean, and when I say having a blast, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this game. It is absolutely phenomenal. But to just to give some variety to this segment, I am also playing Returnal, which I'm so bummed out that, you know, like last week, it was a great episode, whatever, guest host, blah, 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 yeah, 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 I was on vacation. I really, I was, I really missed out on a great week, weekend for video game releases, yeah. uh, which we'll get into here in a second, but Returnal, my dude, I know you've been playing a little bit of Returnal yourself. Let's do some Returnal talk right here, because yeah, listen, let's honestly, I felt guilty bringing up Returnal on the Resident <laughs> Evil episode. I feel <laughs> guilty about the way Returnal is going to play out in my life. <laughs> like I, I hope I come back to it after Resident Evil. Can't promise it. I love yeah. Returnal. What a yeah. fun game! It's I got. I, I need a specific term for this. I talk about it so much. It's got that Mario sixty four feel, where it's kind of mm. just fun to move around. Yes. Uh, yes. I couldn't love Returnal anymore. I do. I as I say that, I have a major gripe. <laughs> Perfect. Get I in, do. Let's get into it. I do wish that it was just a traditional third person shooter. I do wish I could just move through it and beat the levels and save like a person. Yeah. Um, I, cause it, it's all fun and the progression mm-hmm. is so much fun and I love the, uh, the combat so much, but it does feel a little, uh, you know, the difference between like Ritz crackers and calorie light Ritz crackers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You never get the calorie light Ritz crackers. Get out of here. It's a huge mistake. And they have big silver labels on the box. You know, (laughs) not to get it. Uh, it does have a little bit of that feeling where it's like, this isn't a designed narrative combat sequence. This is Mm. ad hoc things happening sort of at random, which therefore is a little more calorie light to me. Hmm. Yeah, like some more scripted events thrown in there might give it a kind of weight that it, we, you need to take it seriously. Well, there's. I'm trying to think of a game that does it really well. I mean, I guess God of War is 
consistently the entire series has been a really good job of like progressing you through. You get to a mini mm -hmm. boss that's kind of tough, but then once you've leveled up and you see that like two of that mini boss, like that yeah. feels like a pretty big challenge. Like yeah. the way that combat escalates, Returnal by its nature can't do it because it's just yeah. giving you surprises. So yeah. that's too bad. <laughs> and, and I guess that as I'm talking about it, I'm realizing that's more of a preference thing than a fault of the game. Well, I mean, I completely agree with you that on everything you've just said, I think that the combat and the movement, I was shocked when I started that game and I started controlling her. I was like, oh, yes, me too. I like let out an audible like, oh, like I did not know it was going to yeah. be fun to move around. The game didn't look like it was going to be fun to move around. It. it did not at all. I almost yeah. didn't buy it. I watched a Twitch stream of it and I was like, it looks like uh, the games that I play. It looks like all the other <laughs> yeah. games like this. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. It plays so differently and so good. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I, I will say I like going through the levels and I like the progression loop of like, you know, randomly procedurally generated map and then you're finding the keys and unlocking the chests and you're having runs. I like the, I like doing the runs, but it's getting to a point for me already now. I haven't beaten the first boss yet. Mm. So that have you? you beat I have, that? yes. Okay. One, yeah. one time. Yes. And and my, Mikey Stevens, who's also bought the game, we've been kind of keeping up with each other on it. Like he's also beat the first boss and got to the new red sand area mm -hmm. or whatever. I am like, I haven't even gotten that far yet. But I can already tell, like, I already looked this up. There are like seven biomes in that game, Ooh. like seven iterations. I can already tell, like, this is too hard. Like <laughs> this, this game is just too hard. Like, I hate saying that because I love hard games, but to get like the idea that I'm going to at one point have to beat all seven biomes in a row to get to the final boss, because, you know, like if you don't go back through and beat those bosses, those early bosses, even if you're in a new area, you won't get drops that are like really mm. that you need to like survive. So at, at one point you're going to have to go through and beat like everything. I'm excited to see what like the third and fourth biome look like and yeah. what the actual like progression is. Cause like once yeah. I got the melee stick, that yeah. was kind of like a big turning point for me. And all of a sudden, like I was like, I can't even beat these general, uh, <laughs> I am brute monsters yeah, <laughs> that are right. running around it. All of a sudden when I get the melee weapon, I took them down pretty easy. Like I, I'm wondering how much more of that stuff is going to make it. So like right. the first boss is, I guess, in that God of War style becomes Push just over. like two of the mini bosses. If all of a sudden that first boss that was so tough before I can take down in three shotgun blasts because I know how to use my mind beam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 strange. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I will definitely stick with it for like a few bosses just to see. I could also see myself bouncing off of this by virtue of it being like oh, this is just, you know, the way it's this particular roguelike is designed is just a little bit too rough, you know? Mm. Um, but I got to say, it's it's got really fun, like, little scripted events peppered in. Like, the house was a really interesting, fun the, moment. The house I, is already my moment... Moment of the year. Of the year. There's been a bunch of things in Resident Evil that are going to 
get my vote. Well, anyway. Just blow it out of the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah uh, but. but like that moment when that happens, I'm realizing how important it is for me to have a game that just throws something wild at me and I get mm-hmm. to just like revel in it. Like that's such a weird choice. And I was so excited yeah. about it and like intrigued. Yeah. Th- this is a game that the worst case scenario for this game is I'm going to get to the third biome one time and then just watch the story on YouTube. Right. Yeah, totally. And try to Which figure is so out so much what, more, yeah. <laughs> so much more than I can say for yeah. 98% of the video games I do play. Yeah. Um, I also have been playing uh, Pokemon Snap, new Ooh. Pokemon Snap for the Nintendo How's that Switch. Sitting in your brain? Oh, uh, me and Connor actually recently did a Super NPCs episode about the original Pokemon Snap where I kind of threw some of my ideas about Pokemon Snap out there and we put that on the main feed. So, but for if you haven't listened to that, I'll give like a general, my general thought is I think Pokemon Snap is accidentally, they made one of the like most unique and kind of like fun, accidentally fun one of video the greatest games. pieces of modern art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Sistine is, Chapel. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I think Pokemon Snap, the original, is like it's 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 tough to explain, but it's like an on-rails first person shooter camera simulation Disneyland ride <laughs> experience. Um that has puzzle elements to it and is um competitive like you get competitive with your own scores of taking pictures of pokemon because that they're always rated by the professor when you get back so you can always take a better photo uh it's somehow like despite the odds of it sounding like the most boringest thing in the world so fun right Mm -hmm. new pokemon snap is the same thing except better graphics more mechanics um like way more pokemon I'm having an absolute blast with the game. My only real thing that I'll say is Pokemon Snap was such a unique and like an iconic thing. And it happened at such a time. Like, I don't think you, they are ever, they could ever really replicate the magic Mm. they had with Pokemon Snap, even with the sequel, which is basically like layered on four or five different other versions of Pokemon Snap, like all together. Like it's just a, it's a lot of game here, you know? Mm. Uh, And it's all fun. It's all great. But I almost feel like OG Pokemon Snap didn't have all these mechanics in it. And that's kind of what made it great Mm. is that it was just so simple. I don't know. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Uh, In both games, you take your pictures back to the professor and get, them rated right Mm -hmm. they're just a a subjective view of what the professor thinks unfortunately there it's objective which is good because Mm. subjective like how can you tell someone one picture is better than the other right like i mean i went to art school i did it right i took a photography class and it was tough and I'm sure you could do a, photo- a legit photography game where it's like utilizing the rule of thirds and it's actually like, mm. it's actually like rating things like artistic ex- expression and stuff. This is more like how close is the Pokemon to your lens? Is it in the middle of the frame? Is there more Pokemon included? Is it doing something cool when you take it? Like it's, it's mm. objective things, right? Which game would you say is easier to impress? Who's got uh, lower standards, old Professor Oak or new Professor Oak? Oh, old, I, I would say old Professor Oak 
is definitely easier to impress than uh, new Professor Mirror is his name. Professor Mirror. <laughs> he's, Why does that make me so uncomfortable? He's on, he's on his break from being a, a, a Batman villain <laughs> to come help you raid Pokemon. <laughs> it does um, feel like his superpower is whatever your superpower is. Oh, yeah. It does. He's the mimicry uh, villain. Chilling. Always hate those yeah. villains. Oh yeah, I always hate having to fight myself in any kind of uh, in any kind in any respect. But yeah, no, po- new Pokemon Snap's good. It's like a it's like a really fantastic game, and I feel like people are kind of sleeping on it. I don't know. Mm. Like I like I know you didn't get it, right? Mm-mm. Connor didn't like, get it. Yeah, it's it's not getting a lot of talk, not a lot of buzz. No, but it's got like an incredibly high meta score, and it's mm-hmm. like it's and I I'm here to report like it's. It's that game, but like with a lot of more frills and bells and whistles, like it's. This is going to sound more condescending than I mean it to, but it feels like it's got kind of the Angry Birds vibe where it's like (laughs) it's maybe not necessarily for us. It is Mm. great at what it's doing. But at the end of the year, we're going to be like, oh, that was the top selling game by like millions of copies. Oh, wow. And we just kind of like missed the like, I mean, I feel like our group specifically is kind of ignoring like the Minecrafts, the, you know, we're not big on Fortnite. It's just kind of these are these massive things that are happening Mm. and they are just missing our uh our cultural uh eye space <laughs> what are those cones in metal gear solid called <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly yeah our cultural mind space eye space our cultural mi- cultural eye space yeah well it's you're right like our group didn't really get into it for whatever reason or if there are people playing it they're hiding and not t- talking about it but um but i'm also feeling like just like it's just not like the hot things that are when I look at the news, the hot things everyone's talking about are Resident Evil Village, Returnals getting a lot of buzz, mm-hmm. uh, the the new Final Fantasy VII stuffs getting buzz, but like no one's talking Snap, and we waited uh, more than a decade to right. get this new Snap. Like we, it didn't come out on GameCube. There was no, there was no Wii U Pokemon Snap. That's the console. That was, it was a con- it was a camera. It was a camera, <laughs> was a camera. controller. <laughs> controller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways. Uh that's what we've been playing. You uh you want to get into the news? Big time. All right, let's do it. News, news, news. Well, first, why don't we talk a little bit about the games that have been coming out recently? Um you know, I'll go through uh, actually a couple weeks worth of new releases just because we didn't do a new release uh, segment last episode. So, uh, of course, new Pokemon Snap, Returnal, brand new games. Uh, Terminator Resistance Enhanced is a PS5 game. Never heard of that. No idea what it is. Unbelievable. It is if it's if this is a, if it is if this is a good Terminator game. Color me interested. Terminator is pretty cool. Terminator is pretty cool he's very determined yeah, he's not <laughs> That's no one can stop him uh also uh genshin impact got a playstation 5 upgrade i've never played genshin impact but i understand it we, to got, be a, we gotta just take a, a weekend and and dive yeah. into genshin impact it's breath I, of the wild but with microtransactions which i kind of love i would love to do a stream where we kind of streamed us playing just one person bites the bullet and plays it and then we all join the stream to marvel at it together and sort of decide what what we think of it what's going on here yeah um near replicant version 1.22474487139 
came out to Xbox, uh, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, that is a remake, for those counting, of the original Nier, which uh, I'm definitely interested. Just put that shit on the next gen, please. I'm not going to buy a PS4 game. Are you stupid? I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, I, I have bought more PS4 games this year than any year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, what's the, honestly, what is the difference? Sometimes even when I look at this Resident Evil Village game, I'm like, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Could this run on a PS4? I think it could and does, right? Is It it came out it, to It both. did come out for PS4. Yeah. Just barely. That was Just like a barely. big source of uh, the gaming leaks and rumors subreddit that I follow. There are mm-hmm. a lot of posts like, folks, I'm here to tell you that quote unquote next gen Resident Evil is coming out for PS4. And people are like, nah, I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And what a what a stupid business decision that would have been. Bummer. Um, Scourgebringer came out to PS4 and PS Vita. Because mm. I guess uh, ever since they rolled back the clock on when they're going to destroy that online store, uh, the Vita thrives. Mm. I'll tell you, I'm more looking forward to uh, Sub-Zero Bringer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did you watch that Mortal Kombat movie? Dude, it's so great. Dude, I hated it. I hate oh, really? every second of it. Well, I I love the Scorpion Sub Zero stuff, obviously, but oh, I think yeah. I loved every second of it. I was like, again, it's just silly bullshit. I think I just want silly bullshit on TV. That's fine. I I don't. I I want it to be camp. I want it to be goofy. There was no tournament. I wanted that a tournament. A- I wanted a tournament. I'll say that. That's that you, was that was one thing. By by like by like the first hour mark, I was I looked at I looked at my buddy who I was watching it with, and we just looked at each other. And we're like, they're not going to do Mortal Kombat. They're just not going to do that. You can tell there was a draft of the script where they did it because <laughs> yeah. everybody does pair off one on one and have mm-hmm, a fight, mm-hmm, <laughs> but they yeah. just put it together and they mash all the fights together so none of them felt significant. Really, ugh. Huge. Anyway, yeah, that was a that was a cock up. Anyways, Judgment, or Judge Eyes, as it's known in Japan. It's a spinoff of the Yakuza series. That got a PS5, Xbox, Series X upgrade. I feel like we owe Yakuza another look also. Oh, yeah. Well, Like a Dragon. I mean, m- multiple people in our group are playing Like a Dragon. Mm. Um, I, I do want to play that game. I understand it to be quite long and uh, am going to wait on it for a rainy day to, to play it. Right. Um, Who's got the and- time? Yeah, so now uh, moving into May, we have, uh, well, basically we have Resident Evil 8 that came out, and um, I want to say Hood Outlaws and Legends will be out the day this episode release. Hood Outlaws and Legends is a next-gen game that is like a multiplayer... We saw trailers for this, right? Yes. Uh, it, it's the Robin Hood game, right? You're robbing from the rich. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah cool. It does. It sounds, I remember being interested in it. I just have yet to hear any kind of like anyone talk about it or like. Yeah. What if that's the next Fortnite? What if Hood <laughs> yeah. blows up? Yeah. Hood, Outlaws and Legends. And they um, add Kratos to it. Yeah. Come on. Add Kratos, you cowards. Uh, is the Mass Effect so? I just looked at the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, mm-hmm. which is like the all the Mass Effect games they're re-releasing. Mm-hmm. It says it's coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. 
Are they not releasing them on PS5 and Xbox Series X? I mean, they. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, that seems like the kind of game that's perfect for a next-gen patch. Yeah. Well, but I just, I guess, I guess because of the nature of it right now, I'm just getting confused here. I'm like, why am I seeing so much games releasing for PS4? I'm like, stop well, it. There's We're done. 80 billion PlayStation 4s out there. Yeah, And so if done. they put Mass Effect Yeah, down, forget about them. They're yeah. done. Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want those people to burn in hell. No, I, yes, exactly. That's my sentiment. But I, I mean, <laughs> I am very excited. Mass Effect Legendary Edition... I'm terrified of. I'm going to buy that game and I'm going to try and play it. It's a thousand hours. Oh, yeah. Well, you should only play two. Come on. Let's get real. I'm going to play all of them. I remember trying the first Mass Effect and really liking it. And then I got to the car that everybody hates. And I was like, yeah. I also hate this. Is this playing. is this going to be a better looking? <sighs> yeah, that's yeah. It, it, it should be like Hood Hood Outlaws and Legends is a ps5 xbox series x ps4 and xbox one game that's fine i like that everything's coming out for both mm. but when it comes out for just the old stuff and we're you know six months into a new i'm just like my i'm sorry what am i missing here everyone I, my head is spinning <laughs> any other game i would say they're like building up to a game of the year edition mm -hmm. yeah but Ooh, yeah. you're not gonna put out a game of the year edition of a triple port no and uh, games stupid. that were out like forever ago no way no way uh final fantasy 7 did get a bunch of it got a new uh gameplay and story trailer for its um uh into intergrade or whatever the new thing is did you ever play and beat that game i can't remember no i've it was the reason i bought a playstation 4 and, and did you play it i did buy it and it sits unopened on my shelf Perfect, and now perfect. June is the time, right? Yeah. That's when I have to play that game because it'll be PS5 enhanced and it'll look nice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I was actually watching a friend of mine play it not too long ago. And I was like, this is exactly the kind of game I want to play. This looks awesome. I couldn't it's believe so awesome. how excited I was. It's so awesome. And that trailer made me really excited uh, at the very end of the trailer. So basically the trailer is like, hey, look how good this looks now in PS5, which is impossible to tell when you're watching a YouTube video. Sorry, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's not translating, but I'm like, okay, I believe you. It looks good. Uh, and then as we're watching, it's like, oh, some Yuffie stuff. Yuffie's a character in the game uh, from the original game who they're gonna they're they're writing a new scenario for her to to come, and you're gonna be able to play as her and do a little side mission, looking really good. I'm like, oh, this is, this is gonna be really fun. Like, I'm ex I'm kind of gearing up. I'm like, this is gonna be great. Like, I love like all this like fan fictiony type stuff they're doing for, uh, you know what a. 40 year old game how old is 50 60 70 year old game but you remember uh, when your grandfather told you about the first time he played final fantasy 7 yeah yeah he gave me his edition of it uh so but at the very end of the trailer they show a character who gets who's somebody you're gonna have to face off with and the character's name is nero and I recognize this character immediately because I just so happened to play the game Final Fantasy Dirge of Cerberus within the last year. <laughs> and I saw this character and I was like, hold on. You're bringing back a character from the wildly hated Dirge of Cerberus. 
<laughs> for no, I couldn't believe that they were like, you know what? We're everything's canon, baby. We're doing it all. Like that shocked me to my core. It's basically like a guy who looks kind of like Vincent Valentine, another character of the game. It's like his his like Nexus opposite or whatever, his evil version, his liquid to his solid snake. You are the John McClane <laughs> to Final Fantasy VII's uh, terrorists in the Nakatobi Plaza, just yeah. in the sense that like they never could have guessed Mm-mm. that a cop would be in there. They never could have guessed that somebody had just played Dirge of Cerberus. And it would remember this and be disappointed in them for the, the choice. No, I How think is- it's cool. No, it does, that sounds awesome to me as somebody who is zero connection. How dare Final Fantasy VII <laughs> on its own, be its own Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I know. It's so stupid. They haven't even in, put Squall in with Cloud. <laughs> they have all of this other That's bullshit what needs to, to happen. Is we need to start getting Titus in there. We need to start... No, I, I, I am fully like on board with what if one one of the many numbered titles of this series became its own cinematic universe? Like treating it as if it but you know what it's regarded with about that much esteem you know what i mean like oh yeah they can get away with it because it's that beloved mm-hmm. so personally i'm for it do i fully think everyone else in the world who didn't play dirge of cerberus is hella confused right now yeah and it's good it's good that they are um okay what about this uh do you do you know anything about the Epic Apple lawsuit that's happening right now? I've been, I've been reading headlines. Okay. What do you know about it? Because I'm kind of playing catch up and I I couldn't force myself to care enough to d- dive too deep into it. It seemed just like a lot of rock throwing. But what do you think? Well, I know, I, I, I should reframe, I know absolutely nothing about the actual lawsuit or mm. even what it's about or why, but because of it, so many like internal documents are coming out that have been like kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft, it's like one of those things, I guess, of course, they've been doing this, but they like hired somebody to write a review of The Last of Us 2 just so they could kind of know what their competition was doing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, course they would do that but it's just like why microsoft has an opinion on that mm-hmm. um, for some reason microsoft is the one that has been coming out the most i know yeah uh we learned like individual market caps which again i didn't follow super closely but like sony makes so much more money than nintendo and that kind of surprised me yeah sony does yeah they make more I, money yeah well they're also like selling eight billion more products. That's so funny. But yeah, that was weird. And then the one that really caught me was that Microsoft thought that last year Nintendo was going to put out Metroid Prime 4 and Breath of the Wild 2. Microsoft thought that. Microsoft thought that. Just in terms of their like, what's the competition up to kind of planning. And anybody who's anybody knew that wasn't happening. Yeah. All us insiders... Yeah, it's crazy to think that I know more about video games than Microsoft, but in that area, I do. I guess that is so strange that I wonder if to them, because we're fans, so this isn't our job. Mm -hmm. We are our maybe our our fingers are closer to the pulse of what's going on because we can feel the energy. 
from yeah. Nintendo. We're just like, oh, we know how you work. Mm-hmm. We've studied you for years. We've been here. hurt by Nintendo so much that we're yeah. almost afraid to let ourselves believe things like this. Exactly. Whereas Sony is like, I can picture people in a boardroom being like, well, they did this last year and they did this the year before. So this year they're going to, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like It's like thinking so inside the box about this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's that that's very interesting to me. Huh. We they should hire us. We'll tell them exactly what Nintendo's going to do. We, we should just do live video games and comedy shows for the Microsoft board. Yeah. Yeah, they should just listen to the podcast. They'd get they get so much more. Also, they understand fan expectation. Like that's another thing. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a difference between what companies do versus our expectation of what they will mm-hmm. do. There's a lot. It feels like it's happened a couple of times now with like Xbox raising the price of Xbox Live and then Sony announcing that they're going to cancel the PS3 and Vita stores. Yeah. But they're just like, they announce these things and everybody's like, this is the worst idea. And then like an <laughs> hour and a half later, they're like, we are so sorry. Yeah. You're right. Let us pull this back. What is wrong with us? How could and we if have ever we were just around to say like, hey, just run it past us. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, like, we'll let you know. We'll yeah. give you a thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, yeah. It turns out we are Sony and we love generations here at Sony. <laughs> um, then put out Mass Effect on PS5. Yeah. What are you thinking? What They are, need to hire us to bully them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just like that kind of lighthearted bullying where you're just like, put it on PS5, coward. A lot of me looking at them just like, just do it. Just do it. That, that little that little shoulder shove you A do? A little shove, yeah. Hey, just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. Stop. Let's stop messing around. Just do it. Stop crying. Stop, hey, and stop crying, Jim Ryan. Oh, did you get a nosebleed? More like Jim crying. Anyway. Jim crying. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That's going to do it for the news. Uh, unless you had anything you wanted to talk Mm-mm, about. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk all things Resident Evil 8 Village. Stay tuned for that. Hey there, this is comedy person and aspiring cartoon Connor McCabe here to tell you all about my podcast, Call Me By Your Game. Now, video games have a special place in many of our lives. And in fact, you can probably think of one that you'll never forget from your childhood or a specific time. So on this show, I bring on guests to talk about that very thing. We dive into not only what made playing the game fun and what stood out to the guest, as much as we do about what was special about the context of when they played this game. So if this sounds interesting to you, check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, and maybe someday you'll call me by your game. Welcome back to Video Games and Comedy Show. I am your host, Jeremy Schmidt. I am sitting here with the delicious Michael McCuller, and we're here to talk Resident Evil 8 Village. Lights up. You're there with your little baby and your mm. wife, and you're, you're in your nice living room. I gotta say... You start out in a pretty nice place. I don't think I don't think I know anyone who could afford a place like that. It made me truly upset how nice their house was. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to eat them because they must be rich. I know. Yeah. They they looked they looked uh yeah, they there was like mid-century modern furniture. I was like I know how expensive that TV stand is. It's expensive. <laughs> that, that, 
you don't get that old rustic look from uh, from uh, IKEA. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, lights up. There you are with your family. You know, you put your little baby to bed. You're talking to your wife <laughs> about <laughs> how you think you should deal with your trauma, but she says, no, repress it. Push your trauma down. It's very fun that there's nothing specifically that's that they're talking about. There's nothing that's bringing it up. They didn't yeah. accidentally find a, like a newspaper article didn't come out that was yeah. talking about it again. They're just like, in general, on the subject, re-trauma. <laughs> <laughs> he sits yeah. down and has a chat. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's also funny that Ian keeps sort of being like, "Hey, uh, I'm still freaking out. I I don't feel good." You imagine he's done this every single day for the past <laughs> three years that they've been separated from the events of Seven. Uh, well, inevitably, of course, Mia, who is, I know we'll get into this, but she is she is shot mercilessly. A, a, a hail of gunfire. Should I, is this a spoiler? Is this a huge spoiler? Probably, huh? I don't think so. I mean, again, I feel like that was in the trailer. It was. Yeah. Anyways, and it's by none other than, of course, Chris Redfield. Boom. He comes in, takes your baby, and your adventure begins. That mm-hmm. is the events that lead you into Resident Evil 8 Village. Now, um, first question I had was, is Mia cured? They feel like they're intentionally ambiguous about it, huh? Because I was immediately like, there's no way they just wiped her off the face of the planet. That's what I think also. I think there's no way Mia doesn't come back from this. Yeah, yeah. Especially with all of like the themes of the game, which we'll get into, of like witches and women and sisterhood and mm. stuff. I'm like, Mia's going to get back in there at some point. Yeah. I, I have a feeling. Um. But yeah, so uh, I, w- I want to say for, uh, just just go- going off of what we know and going off of like uh, Resident Evil 7 through 2 Remake, 3 Remake, and now Resident Evil 8 Village, um, I am increasingly so impressed with the output yeah. that, that, that Capcom is doing. Like... I think three took just a little dip in far as far as being my all time favorite game of all time, but it still had so much to offer and looked so good and was so fun to play and story so good and, you know, act voice acting so great, you know, um, village is just right along in keeping with that. And I'm going to say like right away, I've, I, I super impressed with what's here. What's yeah, your initial so. yeah, your initial knee jerk? What do you how, how are you feeling? I am it's for, my main takeaway from this game so far is it's Resident Evil 4. Oh yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just in like its setting, which feels very Resident Evil 4, but there's a lot of gameplay elements that are like specifically hearkening back to Resident Evil 4 that it's are It's constantly referencing Resident Evil 4. Uh, which I appreciate, but it's kind of the same feeling I had with Resident Evil for the first time I played it, mm. where it's like, it's a little, it's moving a little away from what I love. One, this is the stupidest nitpick, but is the first time I was like, oh, this is a bummer. Um, no, lo- When you find like the crescent key, mm-hmm. it no longer goes into your inventory that you would have to manage. Yeah. 
uh, it goes into a separate list of key items. So you never are going to have to decide between your inventory space being like, do I pick up bullets or do I pick up this wind crest that I need? Right, right. Um, and that's a bummer to me. That that makes the puzzles feel secondary. That's like not part of the gameplay. The puzzles are our own weird little thing. Yeah. And fair enough, but that was like a bummer. And I was like, yeah. so are there going to be puzzles? And I'm, first of all, glad to say there are. There have oh, been yeah. some pretty fun, clever little puzzles that I've yeah. done so far. One um, in particular I can't wait to talk about. That's like a, it's like a bell puzzle. I really, really liked. <sighs> the bell puzzle's great. Yeah, the bell puzzle uh, was awesome. An all-timer Resident Evil puzzle. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not not long in the tooth, mind you. Like, I mean, a quick four-minute puzzle, and wow. I mean, I was yeah shockingly impressed with it. But I felt yeah. like I got just stuck enough. Right. Like, I right. couldn't find the last one, and it took me a long time, but, like, exactly long, like, tiptoeing into frustrating, and then I solved it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect yeah. puzzle. Perfect. I, I feel like uh, this this game is to Resident Evil 4 what maybe Resident Evil 7 was to Resident Evil 1 or something? Yes. Like, no, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And I, listen, I thought that too, and then I was like, what the fuck are they going to do for Resident Evil 9? I'm hoping that they'll do two campaigns again. That would be a Ooh. real fun throwback thing is mm -hmm. to do a do a split campaign type mm -hmm. of game again. But anyways, Resident Evil 7, for those who, who haven't played it, it, it takes... Uh, it, there's a main character named Ethan. He's never been in the series before. He is just sort of a random guy for all intents and purposes. Like, there's nothing particularly special about him. Just a, a ham and egger. Yeah. Real and, lunch yeah. pail guy. First one in, last one to leave. Yeah, exactly. And he's married to a, a woman named Mia. She is a little bit special because she was hiding that she was a international super spy or something <laughs> from him, but uh, ends up being infected with this virus. There is a lot of uh, him trying to find her in the backwoods of Louisiana. He's fighting like uh, it's it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre e or ish. You know, there's a lot of like uh, backwoods, down home, gator swamp type uh, type settings and and scenarios. And towards the end of the game, you rescue Mia, your beloved. You take care of the final boss in that, who's this little girl bioweapon terrorist thing, and you are rescued by Umbrella, who's uh, controlled by or who is at least uh, a you know, employing Chris Redfield, mm -hmm. which is very s s shocking. And it's, it ties into the rest of the bigger series at the very end. That's sort yeah. of the thing. Uh, and I think what's most important about that game that we are hinting at is that Ethan and Mia, by being infected by this virus, have some sort of regeneration powers. Yeah. So he's infected too. I couldn't remember. Did he get infected in the first game? He's infected. Um, and he can regrow. Um, and it's unclear if he has carried that power into Resident Evil 8. Yeah. Although I will say he definitely has some kind of Wolverine powers in there because he's I've already seen him get his whole hand chopped off uh -huh. and then just stuck it back onto his arm. Although he he's also dousing it with that first aid med, but I'm like, what kind of science fiction liquid is this stuff? Because 
Did that glue his hand back to his arm? Yeah, it's unclear as to whether it's some combination of that and the fungal infection or right. if that has always done it. There's like a little Easter egg in Resident Evil 7. When you're getting chased by Jack, did you ever get this where he cuts Ethan's foot off? No. You can like trick Jack Baker, the like antagonist from 7, and you when he's like chasing you. He just like toys with you and he like knocks Ethan down and takes a shovel and just like cuts off Ethan's foot. He's just like, watch this. This is going to be great. And then he gives you a first aid medicine and like douses it on you and shows you how it works. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's that's very strange. I don't know if the first aid. Yeah, I don't know the first aid medicine's canonical powers, but Hmm. uh, it's a part of it. Yeah. Um. So where this game kind of uh, starts or brings us is that now, for whatever reason, which I would have not recommended this at all, is that Mia and Ethan, it's like maybe three years later, they have a kid. Mm -hmm. I would have not done that. No. I would have waited probably until I thought things were very, very safe for me to have a child. They're clearly hiding out in like Eastern Europe somewhere. It's mm-hmm. uh right aren't is it's sort of like taking refuge yes. sorta and uh they have a kid which you know among among other reasons why not to have a kid in 2021 uh one of them being you're being hotly pursued by multiple gigantic corp you know terrorist corporations uh-huh. uh bioterrorist uh organizations and those of us with toxic parents know what this is like Yes, exactly. They use the baby as a way to get back at you. Totally, totally. Well, in this case, there those companies are using this baby as a way to get back. Oh, that is what you said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Chris shows up, shoots Mia square in the face. It's uh, incredibly violent. They steal the kid. They knock you out, and they take you with them. Then you wake up. Helicopters exploded, I suppose. You survive some sort of crash where everyone else is on fire. Uh, we don't really see what happened there, but um, you're sort of dropped into this old medieval kind of town. Yeah. Uh, man, I feel like this has like such a kick-ass opening hour. Yeah. Like it really does. Maybe they- one of the best. Like it, it rivals four. It rivals seven, I think. It, uh, it sends you, you like wake up in this... Um- uh, tipped over van or whatever and you walk through the snow in a way that like feels like you are walking through the woods yeah like i feel like whenever a video game sends you out into the woods there's like a path you're allowed to follow mm-hmm. but this it felt like i was just like going up and around and somehow i got where i was meant to go i mean it's designed really well yeah but you're walking through the snow your flashlight is not pointed forward it's pointed down <laughs> which is very <laughs> yeah. frustrating yeah yeah and did you get chills when you like find the village? Oh my gosh. Yes. I couldn't believe that moment. Well, plus there was so many like, like little weird things that you discovered in your little woods walk. Like all these birds are dead and there's a trail of blood and you can see little feet like walking and <laughs> running around you. And uh, yeah, you get to the village and it's just like, it's just amazing looking yeah the lighting is just so perfect i mean it's 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 weird discussing like lighting in such a crazy way but it's like wow this is like some of the best video game lighting i've ever seen 
just and just color choices and saturation like it just looks like yeah. so perfect it's hazy it's like early morning like ethan starts at night yeah. And then by the time he's at the village, it's like the sun is just rising on like a hazy morning. Yeah. And yeah, you get like, there. you're right. There's exactly enough details to show like, it's almost overwhelming. There is a village, but there's a windmill in the far back. And then there's a castle yeah. and there's just like mountains. And it's just like, it feels like there's a whole world, even though I'm confident it's going to be a fairly linear little Resident Evil adventure. Yeah. It feels expansive. It does. And and I think like to your point about like feeling like you're walking through the woods but you're you're not taking a clear path. You can kind of go anywhere. That's sort of how the village feels where you're just like you can just go anywhere in the village, like just run around whatever. Like very few things are 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 left locked or unavailable to you right away. And uh I don't know. You want to you want to why don't you tell me a little bit about lichens, McCaller? What do you know about uh about lichens. Well, generally, you assume they only come out in the full moon. Mm-hmm. What's most unsettling about these lichens in Resident Evil 8, this is mid-morning. <laughs> that moon is gone, baby. <laughs> yeah. They are, uh, well, they're, I would say this. They're incredibly well-designed. They, mm-hmm. look, they look amazing. Uh, they seem to have kind of a, a leader who's this giant hammer-wielding lichen werewolf guy who's like, one of the coolest looking characters I've ever seen in anything. Um, I call him Werewolf Dad. Yeah, the Werewolf Dad is is real, and he's here to and he's here to stay. You wish he went out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, this dad never left. Uh, the all of the I I love the uh, battle tactic of the werewolves. How they seem to have like coordinate coordinated a sort of like strategy against you where they're all positioned in various key spots around the village mm-hmm. like a lot of them just hang out on ro- on the rooftops and they'll just be waiting yeah waiting for you to walk by like i'll never forget like panning my camera up running from another werewolf and i looked out and there was a werewolf on every single top of a building <laughs> and i was just like the one that- ga- what were you saying what oh uh, the the one that got me was uh running through a field and looking up and there was a werewolf like on the scarecrow. Yes. Like chewing on it, I think. Yes. <laughs> and then I had to deal with him in like the tall grass. I tried to stealth past the werewolves, which is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? They've got a sense of smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you their can't. Whole their whole thing is that they know where you are even if they don't have eyes on you. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, that this this to me was like it harkened back to this is the first time I was like this is Resident Evil 4 like mm. this moment is Resident Evil 4 when you go to that first village and you have to take care of all those those villagers and the, the man with the chainsaw it's like that's this moment again yes uh, complete with like multi levels of you know having to climb up ladders to get different equipment and items and and trying to find barricading keys. a door closed barricading a door yeah oh yeah the whole thing was just like oh this is uh Resident Evil 4 and i was I, sort of delighted by it, it was like a it was like a quiet homage to Resident Evil 4 as opposed to just a full on remake of that game they're sort of like saying like here's like a spiritual moment that is yeah. in keeping with that tradition no very much so it does feel like this like this game feels more like a remake of Resident Evil 4 
then I have to imagine a Resident Evil 4 remake will. Yeah, it really does. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot of different Resident Evil 4 things that end up happening too. Like one of the other things you notice right away is that you're, you, you're picking up cash, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, that's not a thing in any of the Resident Evil games other than four really. Mm -hmm. Right. Or is, uh, does, is, do you buy stuff in five? I think five and six have that too. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, that is a Resident Evil action staple. There is nothing funnier to me than shooting a crow and taking its money. Yeah. And taking like a thousand dollars from the crow. It's life savings. Yeah. Yeah. The crow was saving up for like a better beak and it just like got absolutely wiped out. Um, so yeah, the village section of this game, uh, is sort of the, like the first area. Uh, and, um, I think that it it for me, I don't know if we'll go back to the village at some point, but I think I would have liked more village. Because mm. you you kind of get out of the village pretty quick. Like at least I did anyway, where it's just like because you help out those people and everything gets on fire and there's that little like little like sci- like a uh, Night of the Living Dead reference of like all these people stuck in a house together, kind of walk- one guy's freaking out, getting drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um you do get uh, I feel like there's a lot packed into that that like I I remember seeing you meet like a young woman and her father early on and I remember seeing them in the trailers and thinking like oh Resident Evil loves the moment where you play as the partner for just like 10 minutes right 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 and like we played as Mia and seven for like the boat section yeah I thought we're absolutely gonna play as that girl (laughs) later on in the game yeah not Ooh, at all. No, nope. they're su- they're surprising you. They're surprising yeah. you. They're 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 juking. Not unlike mm-hmm. the werewolves who juke you left and right. They are uh, they are like dodge masters. Which was another thing where I was like, oh, this is different than Se- seven. Brought you these these sort of like uh, goopy like vine monster like they're like mm-hmm. uh like weird zombies covered in vines and icky swamps yeah. so, like swamp the, the molded things. the molded and they were giant targets like they were very easy to hit mm-hmm. um the whole the whole thing with them was like trying to get them in the head so you didn't you know you could conserve ammo for the most part that was mostly a lot of the villains mm-hmm. who weren't bosses yeah i think those were the only enemies in seven really the only problem with seven is it didn't have that many different kinds of monsters which honestly, I don't have a lot of problems with that. I I, I liked I like seven. I, it, to me, it's very organized and structured in my brain. I, when I think back on it, I'm like, I guess I could have used some more variety in mm-hmm. in monsters. But I, I I think that game would have been perfect to me with a couple of zombies. Yeah, I would have liked zombies for sure. <laughs> but this game, right away, you're you're noticing that your your gunfights with the werewolves are tough. Mm-hmm. They're hard because they dodge you very well. And it's like, that was another thing where I was like, this is, this is a combat. I'm actually doing combat. And seven, I always just felt like I was like circumventing them. I was like trying to get around mm-hmm. them somehow. But this was like, I got to study their movements and figure out where they're going to jump to next so I can aim ahead of them. Like it was, yeah. it was a little bit like intense. The werewolves feel like the clearest line to like Resident Evil 2 remake. 
Yeah. Because those zombies would like flop around or like stumble forward kind of fast just so you could never quite get a beat on them. And the werewolves have felt fighting the werewolves has felt a lot like fighting zombies in two remake or three how they're remake. kind of like yeah. they're they're doing their jukes and you almost have to like I I take big wild guesses as to where they're going to be. I, I shoot so many pistol bullets like diagonal left diagonal yeah, right yeah, yeah, diagonal yeah. down and then finally a headshot because right. i'm just guessing where they're gonna be and yeah. swing over there and fire i'm but, very i think i'm very bad at video games maybe i mean i know i am for sure <laughs> i was feeling bad about myself oh no wasting so much bad ammo. about yourself okay you should, there's like there's like a great honor in sucking you know I read an IGN article, and by article I mean review of Resident Evil, where they kind of suggested that, like, you'll get a lot of handgun bullets. So maybe if you're, like, a veteran of the series, start in hardcore mode. And listen, if there's such thing as a veteran of the series, it's me. And I did, and it was too hard. I was, I was just, like, not enjoying the werewolves. I flirted with doing easy mode. I was like, mm. I was like, maybe I should do the first campaign run through easy mode so I could just see the story and then try it on harder later. But then I was like, uh, my replaying track record is low. So I was like, I'll play it on mm. casual to get a more full experience from the difficulty. And I will say I do have a lot of bullets. I do too. And casual mode seems to be good for me. Like I'm actually, I'm progressing at a good pace and I'm only dying every now and then, but I haven't yeah. yet hit my head on a, I haven't yet hit like a wall uh, mm -hmm. on anything. If anything there, I did hit a, a brief wall, but it was because my brightness was, I have to adjust my brightness on video games, whether it's daytime or nighttime in real life. So like, because oh. of the way light comes through my window, like last mm -hmm. night I had set, I had set it very dark because everything was dark and I was, I had all the lights off and it was like, I like when it's like, I like when it feels like realistic. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I go into a dark room and I can't see everything. I have to walk up to yeah. stuff, but in the daytime, I, I couldn't see shit. And it was, mm -hmm. and it was causing me like, I was like being pursued by, uh, what's her name? Big lady. Mm -hmm. And I just kept getting caught on the level geometry and just dying over and over again to mm -hmm. her, vicious blades and uh so i had, to, I had to i had to like boop, boost that brightness what do you say to people because i feel like more people are playing this resident evil game than have played resident evil games in the past because that's it's, true it it's a new like. ps5 game mm -hmm. like for example like i was surprised to see people like michael hearn playing this game or you know, Mikey Stevens bought this game and Oh, did he? Yeah, people are excited, I think, because it's a PS5 game. Like I like mm -hmm. I think most people bought Returnal for the same reason. Um, what do you say to people who are now playing Resident Evil games who maybe don't usually and are reporting back that it's really hot like really scary? <laughs> I would say that <laughs> if you're not enjoying that fear, like I I think it's it is scary, but it's scary in like this roller coaster kind of way. It's like thrilling fear. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Games like Outlast and even Silent Hill had moments of this for me where it's like it's uncomfortable terror. Yeah. And Resident Evil has always felt to me like, oh, I just barely got out of that room. Oh, yeah, yeah, mama yeah. mia. Like, it's just like <laughs> your, your chest is bubbling with joy yeah. and fear. Uh, like, 
they're all so silly. The fact that the daughters are turning into bugs yeah. <laughs> and, and attacking you. Like there are vampire bug ladies and it's, it's, it's scary in a way that like it to me is, and I think maybe one of the reasons why Resident Evil hooked me so hard, it's silly, scary. So if you can, I don't know, uh, let yourself sit back, experience those fearful emotions. I think it's really, really positive to like, have this safe space to feel connected to your fear of uh, a feeling that so often in our lives we repress or ignore (laughs) and it causes us to act like maniacs. Right. This is like such a good way to get that fear out there. It's the answer is embrace it. Yeah. Do you think this game is scarier than the other games? No. No, I don't either. I, I don't think so, no. No, but I feel like people are talking about how intense and scary it is because they haven't been keeping up with the series. Yeah. Because to me, I think Seven's a scarier game. In terms of just like things jumping out at me all the time. Like this game has... I, I haven't been screaming, oh my God, like as much. Which right. is sort of like, you know... I'm not saying this game isn't scary or intense. It is. And it's good that it is. But mm-hmm. it, to me, I was like, I was like watching Mikey Stevens play this game, right? Like we had turned it on. He was, uh, he, he doesn't like scary games and every, and he, him just walking through the woods, he was like, man, fuck this. <laughs> he was just like, no, <laughs> no, fuck. No. He was just like, anytime you see anything, he'd be like, what the fuck? No, I would just turn around. I would just leave. <laughs> it's not an unreasonable no, reaction. It's a perfect, it's a, it, of course I would have, the first time I would have found a handgun in this game, I would have just taken it right to my head and ended it right there. I would have not have continued trying to put a square peg in a round hole, which is me figuring out the sit, this circumstance. I will say I have the exact opposite tick in my brain where when I was a little kid and I lived in like a new development neighborhood and they were like building a house next door to my house, I would go down into the like the half built basement and the construction workers had just like written random numbers for like whatever their measurements for logs were or something. Right. And I had a little notebook that I opened up and wrote down just in case those numbers would ever be important to <laughs> solving a puzzle. That's so awesome. Were you already a Resident <laughs> Evil fan at that point? I mean, I guess I must have been. There's yeah. no way. I Why was doing else that would already. you have written that yeah. down? Yeah. So, uh, th- uh, there is like a sense of exploration that I think this game is really good at in yeah. terms of like sending you to like explore the nooks and crannies and giving you like, there's nothing that I'm ever like disappointed to find. Like uh, I'm playing Mario 3D World and you find coins in a map is just a middle finger. <laughs> Versus like this, the worst thing you're going to find is rusty scraps that you're going to use to make handgun bullets. So right. like I'm always stoked to find anything in it. Right. Well, okay, so after you get out of the... You mentioned how this game is silly scary, which I I really love that description because Resident Evil is nothing if not campy. It's it's one of the campiest video game... It's one of the only video game franchises that keeps, like the campiness of like the universal horror movie monster franchise alive. Mm. Like there, it, this thing is camp for days. Um, after you get out of the village, you have, you immediately go and get captured by a mysterious guy with a hammer. 
Now, this is not mm-hmm. a werewolf hammer guy. Although it could, I, he, I think oh, he is. is he? he might be that guy. Oh, he, that makes so much sense to me. It does, but I, I'm actually just putting this together right this second. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because they both have big hammers. They both have big hammer. You get captured by this man with a hammer. Mm-hmm. A hits, hammer bro. A hammer bro. He hits you square in the in the face. Uh, takes you into the a room where when you wake up you're in handcuffs and mm-hmm. to my delight <laughs> i see something that i did not see i i guess maybe i didn't see all the trailers if the, if all of these villains were um like shown in trailers before i did not see those because I was introduced to a rogues gallery of villains in this game <laughs> that was nothing short of Final Fantasy level stupid. Like this was the and it was the coolest surprise. Me and Mikey Stevens are sitting on the couch and we're like, "What?" It uh-huh. was like big, huge vampire lady, hammer guy who's who's way smaller, uh, a, a girl who looks like. Uh, I I couldn't I can't really describe the slug like woman thing. Yeah, there's like a, it's like she reminded me a lot of like Lisa Trevor, but also with like Hunchback of Notre Dame vibes. Yeah, there's like a Hunchback of Notre Dame uh, person. There's a little marionette puppet who talks, who is clearly being controlled by a a, a thing in all black shrouded uh, sitting down. Uh, and then finally, who looks like clearly the the final boss, Miranda, mm-hmm. um, is like this crow being. Um, I was like, I'm. I cannot wait. I, suddenly, I, I was like, I was like, I can't wait to meet all these people. I, I want to know. know what everyone's deal is. <laughs> They're all so weird. So weird. You could not have predicted this at all. That it was no. going to go this because. Co- Resident Evil 7 is pretty kooky, but it is it's basically like a family. It's like a family mm-hmm. structure, like a dad, mom and a son and they all have their like little quirks, but it kind of makes there's like a logical sense to it. There's like a rhythm to it. This game yeah. n- uh, wh- it, it was just like idea balls here. I'm like, what? Dude, are they- your family doesn't have a fish clump woman? <laughs> no, no, no no fish clump woman. No, no mad jackal with hammer. No, uh, no, the, the, the puppet person I'm still confused about. I do not understand if it was a puppet or a doll or like a little person. I couldn't really tell. Yeah. I, I, uh, very unclear, but very like, I don't see the connective tissue yet <laughs> between whatever. Cause I, I think what's so smart about Resident Evil 7 is they're like really disciplined about saying there's this bioweapon mm-hmm. and these are the different kind of monsters that it created. Right. The family acts this way, the molded act this way. Like if they can tie this all together and say there's one specific type of bioweapon or one specific thing going on here that's causing at least these four characters to be tied together, man, I'm going to I'm going to send them a $20 bill in the mail. I I I won't be I will not believe it. I'll tell you that right now. I'm primed for, <laughs> I'm primed for more. I'm sitting to just be like, this is random. This is crazy. None of it makes sense. And I'm all in on this. I'm all I guess, in. Even if they're all different, like 
bio weapons. Yeah. Like uh, my brain can't quite wrap <laughs> itself around that they have made a bioweapon doll. No. That feels like a step too far. No. There's no there's no way there there would be no reason <laughs> You would never, I mean, there's no reason for any of these people, to be honest with you. I don't really get it. Yes, we're both about at the halfway point. Um, at least that's what it feels like to me. Uh, mm. I have already looked up that apparently this is the fourth longest Resident Evil game. Um, so this is a little bit longer than seven, but it's shorter than games like six, which I believe is like a 21 hour game. This is a, uh, this is about six a six fucking goes on it just goes on forever and ever never stops it's weird how like that's not actually that long for a game 20 to 21 hours really Mm. but it's like an uncharted game it's about that long right but how for for whatever reason six to 12 hours feels right for resident evil like very much so yeah (laughs) maybe it's just because our little bodies can't handle all the terror but um yeah so it feels like we, we we're probably crossing that halfway point threshold and most of this game feels like it's going to be this castle. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't think so? It's been, I mean, because this castle is pretty heavy. It was like pretty like, uh, I like, I'm I'm still going through it right now. Well, I'm two, you've seen, three masks you've, into a four mask. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like you've seen the masks. Yeah. The masks to me, it feels like Resident Evil's traditionally will do a four-piece puzzle mm-hmm. that will signify that's the halfway point. Uh, and then you break out of that space. Like, that's where you get out of the mansion for the first time in the first game. Yeah. And then end up coming back. I don't know if we're going to come back to it, but that is definitely, like, the front door to the castle. Right. But the masks yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm terrified. I'm spoiling things. No, no, for sure. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I, 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 I'm assuming there was going to be different areas of the game that we're going to progress to after. But yeah. I feel like this so far has been like the majority of the gameplay has taken place in this in this castle. I wish so it was all castle. All I'm more castles. interested in the castle than I am the village. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not sure. Well, because they already kind of clued you into the different areas. At some point, you get a piece of like a note or a or a map or something that like tells you like there's there's a castle of uh a like a water area. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a factory. A factory. <laughs> factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a few different. There's a few. Different and I can't remember what the last one is, but I. Uh, yeah, I'm just at the point where I'm getting to kind of, I guess this is a spoiler. I don't know. I'm just going to say what I'm doing now yes, in the game. Yeah, yeah say it. It's, it. It has just opened up, and I think I get to choose which of those ones I go to. Oh, nice. Okay, that's I cool. I don't know that I necessarily have a linear progression, but I do know that I need to go to all of them and wipe out these weirdos. Uh, family members the monsters the crazy the monsters. monsters yeah this is that is a very good call this is a yeah true monsters reboot in that this is what you would actually have to make herman monster look like to be frightening it's a fish woman yes exactly uh, yeah <laughs> eddie monster the littlest one is basically a doll yeah running all around um You've got Grandpa, who is a wily, bearded old man who's yeah. just uh, fast talking. And then you have the sexiest being in history mm-hmm. rounding up the cast. Yeah. 
Now, tell me uh, a little bit about the Duke, McCuller. Who's the Duke? <laughs> the Duke! What a choice he is. He's the, the new merchant, and he is wildly overweight. Yeah. He his, just his, spi- his he's fat spilling tummy out of himself. is spilling out of his shirt and clothes. He, he doesn't have shoes on. He's clearly bigger than the little house he sits in. Like, he's too big for that. No <laughs> shoes. Um, he is... Uh, he sells you things. He's also in cahoots with the people in the game. Like you find mm-hmm. like little literature of like the Dia. What's her name? Dia Mitris? Dia. I, the first time they said it out loud, I was blown away by how to say her name. And I'm still unsure. And I knew I was going to be talking about it on a podcast. Yeah. So I tried really hard to learn. It's like Demestricu? Yeah. Demestricu. Something like that. Demestricu? Yeah. Dinescu but, or something, yeah. Yeah, it's not how I would have guessed. No. Anyways, she was writing a note like how me and the Duke are talking about business propositions mm-hmm. together and, and whatnot. And he's just kind of chilling in her house. Like, he has right. like a room he's there. completely neutral. He is pure... Chaotic neutral. neutral yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chaotic neutral actually is a very good way to describe him. I appreciate him in a way I didn't, <clears throat> like... I think we talked about this, how like I played through Resident Evil 3 initially, assuming there was going to be a big twist as to who the nemesis was. Yeah. Uh, thinking it would be Chris or somebody. I played through Resident Evil 4 similarly, thinking there would be some big twist or reveal as to who the merchant was, mm. or at least what his deal was. And Resident Evil 4 pretty seemingly specifically said, we are not going to even touch that. Yeah. Yeah, he they, is pure gameplay. They do not give the merchant like a backstory or history yeah. or is it the same guy or is it multiple people throughout the game? Yeah. Um, so far, the Duke has been like commenting on my adventures and like making little quips yeah. and like talking to Ethan as though he like Ethan's reacting to him as a character. He's like, what are you doing here? And yeah. do you know where do you know where my daughter is? He's like, no, but like he gives you some clues as to like your next objective. He he's goes like, I can't find Rose. He says at one point when you walk into him, he goes, I can't find Rose. He's not, she's not here. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like wild. I was like, whoa, dude. Uh, I don't know how I got this to happen, but he has a, vo- he has one of his, um, like, like one of his, uh, his voice stingers or whatever you want to call it. Like his just like idle talking to you things is if you stand by him long enough, he'll go, what are you buying? Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's really fun. He's like, what are you buying? He's like, a friend of mine used to say that. Yeah. He references (laughs) that he's like, there's like a canonized merchant, underground merchant. Yeah, they have conventions. Yeah. (laughs) The merchant has definitely given like a TED talk. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Duke will give one, I'm sure. Upgrades. upgrades and now if they're selling well <laughs> um have you considered hanging blue medallions around? <laughs> yeah uh i was i was shocked and uh delighted at the addition of a, of the duke but also it was totally like at that point i was like this is just four they're just doing mm-hmm. they're doing four right they're now. doing four and they're doing a good job too yeah. Like they're they're really channeling the energy of four, and that four also had some pretty crazy, ro- uh, you know, rogues in yes. that, like the the little Napoleon guy, <laughs> who does feel like he's mapped onto the puppet now. It totally. like it does feel like they just. I I hope they don't remake four now. Yeah, 
Because they already did. Yeah. It's this. And like this the big four. vampire lady is like clearly like Salazar, or not Salazar, but like the big guy. Who's yeah, the big Mendez. Guy? She's Mendez. Mendez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which can we just talk about vampire lady? Yeah. So scary. Yeah. I love I I love being stalked in a Resident Evil game. I oh, love yeah. um I actually um I tried to grab my phone and record it when it happened. I like came out of a door and Vampire Lady had just walked past. Yeah. And I was like sneaking along with her, a la Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Ooh. And I just felt like a stealth action reimagined. Yeah. Well, because I think you there are parts where she won't notice you. Like if you just Yeah. yeah. But then when she notices you, she's pretty easy to avoid, but you if you're not careful, you'll get trapped in a corner and it's kind of like game over at that point cuz like right. you you really can't get away from her. Like she's just too big. Uh, and it's happened to me a number of times where I'm going into a door and she opens yeah. it a split second before I does and like ducks her giant head. Yes, in she has to crawl in like, you know, like us like if we were if us at our size were to crawl into our own cupboards. That's how she treats her the, the doors of her house. You find like her uh, uh, clothing dummy that's like modeling her dress. Yeah. <laughs> before yeah. you actually fight her. Yeah. And even that's too big. Yeah. Like, how did she find that? Dude, it's so awesome. Yeah, she's great. Her daughters are great. They say really weird stuff to you when you're fighting them. Like, I thought you loved me. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that where you're like, what? They keep saying like, I want to eat your man meat. Yeah. There's definitely a lo- a big like women and like consorting against men vibe that personally I'm feeling. I like. I like. I like yeah, it's, it's got a midsummer feel to it. For sure. And I felt like even the village parts of this game had a little bit of a midsummer feel to it. Mm, sure. Um, yeah. One last thing I, I got to mention before we go, though. Probably my biggest complaint about the game so far. Where is this taking place? In the in the village? Yeah, but like what country are we in? Did they say Europe? They did, right? They did. Feels like they did. Did you notice that the villagers all just have American accents? <laughs> and they just sort of talk like Hey, what's up, dude? Like it's like it's <laughs> I like have not noticed. Every single person in this game, they don't even have them give them British accents to make uh-huh. them sound like, you know, like if you're going to cheat in a Hollywood movie, like mm-hmm. German instead of German, it's just British accent. They don't even have, give elsewhere. them that. It's crazy. I'm like, "Where are we? Like what European city is this it would be super cool if they just revealed you were in like ohio yeah that like the village like the actual like the movie the village oh sure yeah yeah the m night Shyamalan village the m night Shyamalan village that movie had four twists on the same idea yeah it's like wow they're not monsters but then they're like, they are monsters. Yeah. No, but they're not monsters. They're not monsters, but they are monsters inside they are monsters. for doing that, for doing what they were doing. That whole movie was one twist over and over. That movie was screwing a, a screw into an <laughs> Ikea end table. <laughs> it yeah. just kept twisting. I got to say, they gave like the family and village at least like a Southern accent. Why couldn't they mm. do that for the, the it- villagers? You're right. It needs like the Game of Thrones accent. It it brought me out of it so hardcore when they're just like, 
I'm hurt. Will you help me? I'm I'm hurt over. But they they look like they're from the 1800s, and I'm like, were they all brought there? Maybe like maybe that's gonna come out. Like there's gonna be a twist where like all the villages mm-hmm. were like villagers were like brought there by umbrella or something. But so far, it's just been like, it, it's just been like super weird to see all these people <laughs> like in these like like uh cabin uh brick cabin like house houses and stuff and like you know like very drippy like uh almost like bloodborne style aesthetics and mm-hmm. and even the villains like even the our our big ladies like what are you doing over here come here and you're like <laughs> what the heck I- I hadn't noticed it and I'm so excited to play it again now. And I'm sure I will notice how everybody like how weird that that hammer guy talks to you. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, (laughs) he's like, really? Like, they're all exceedingly modern sounding. Which is strange. Yeah, good. Um, Well, we got to wrap up. Me and McCaller have plans tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meeting friends for dinner and drinks. Any last uh, any last words on the on the midway point here in Resident Evil Village before we take off? I did have a realization about myself and about Lady Demescrew and <laughs> about if that is her name, human sexuality. Yes, what is it? Uh, we've made a lot of jokes about how we're turned on by her. Mm-hmm. I think I actually am. Oh, <laughs> and I think it's and I think it's because. I've I've talked about it on the show before. I do have a fear of giants. Right. And there's a little bit of the death stare that makes sex hotter. Yeah. Like, I think it's why, like, a lot of us like being choked during sex. You would have made a great like, spider. I'm sorry? You would have made... <laughs> <laughs> you would have made a great spider. You know how like black widows will like kill their mates. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Praying mantises also. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I need a little bit of the death stare in, uh, in my horniness and it, <laughs> it works for me. I'm, I'm, ve- I'm just a little bit afraid of her. And therefore that is what, uh, turns me on a bit. Yeah. I I think that she is absolutely delightful. I would not uh, begrudge anyone for being uh, attracted to her. She's very much my enemy, McCaller, and I will stop her at, at any cost. I, I hope Listen, you know that. No, we've got a big uh, Montague and Capulet thing going on. <laughs> me, and, me and the lady. We've got a we got feelings, but we know we must hate each other. Yes, yes. We're on opposite sides of a war. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm over here like uh do you know what vor porn is? That's the eating, right? Yes, yeah, the eating it's where porn. People eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like uh she's part of I think she might be mixed up in that whole thing too of sure. just like a woman who's so big she'll like eat you whole, you know, that right. kind of thing. She'll devour you. And I guess um, in the same way, if you have whatever weird childhood fear of being eaten, you know, if you <laughs> just barely escaped the hippo cage at the zoo when you were little, that fear sticks with you. And therefore, just a little, uh, it's like putting those super hot pepper flakes on your pizza. Yeah. A you need dangerous. just a little bit of death in your sex mm-hmm. to really uh, kick it up a notch. To really kick it up a notch. Hey, uh, why do you think she's so big? All the blood? Drinking? <laughs> <laughs> she uh she was tortured and she was on the torture ah, rack and gotcha, just got stretched yeah. real tall like a, a looney tune 
<laughs> well, that's going to do it for Video Games, a comedy show. I've been your host, Jeremy Schmidt. Michael McCaller, do you want to plug anything before we head out? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael McCaller and follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Michael McCaller. The streams are coming back officially this week. All right. I got to play news. this Resident Evil 8 on stream. Yeah. That's huge for me. Yeah, you got to beat it once, though, first, I think. You do. You yeah. got to have a, a an intimate experience. Personal experience. And then yeah. you speed run it to embarrass the monsters who've scared you so much. <laughs> yes. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. You can follow the show on Twitter at VGA Comedy Show. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more of it and you want to pay for that content, you can go to patreon.com slash super npc radio where we have a ton of bonus video game content weekly shows uh we have a uh, a legend of zelda games club where we are going through every single zelda title known to man on there with a rotating panel of guests it's going uh, amazing so far uh our link to the past episode will air this week this friday so which is very exciting a, it's a very it's a, a it's a very it's a good game it's a special game mm. uh so yeah um you can go to patreon and subscribe there at either the five or ten dollar tiers also though if you have no money you can also you can go to apple podcasts and rate and review the show we love that kind of thing are you kidding Ooh. me i love a good five star rating and a nice little review it keeps me going it, get, it keeps the algorithm working to where people can find us and uh, yeah, with that, I guess we'll see you. Um, uh, we'll we'll I'll will see you at the. Maybe I'll borrow a cup of sugar from you, my neighbor in the village. How about that? <laughs> I see it. <laughs> She's done.